time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Thanks for joining us on the Retirement Roadmap Podcast today. Walter Storholt here with Glenn Mosseller, and we've got a great conversation today as we're going to talk about the top 10 tax questions that retirees should be asking or should making sure that they're getting answers to. Because you know what? Retirement, uh, even if you don't like taxes, it's going to come with a lot of tax questions and concerns along with it, from understanding the tax implications of withdrawing from your retirement accounts to minimizing taxes on investment income. Well, all those words smushed together can start to get a little overwhelming. So on today's show, we're going to break down 10 important tax questions that retirees should be asking and give you some important tips along the way about dealing with these things so that ultimately you can minimize your tax burden as much as possible. Glenn, I know that this is a specialty of uh, you and your firm, always making sure that taxes are under consideration, being accounted for and being planned for whenever you're uh, doing a retirement plan, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely, Walter. I mean, you know, <laughs> we always feel like it's important to understand it. I mean, you know, it's it's not necessarily how much is in the account. It's how much of the account you get to keep. Oh, that's a great point. It's like the uh, the dollar saved is a dollar earned mentality, right? Uh, just kept mm-hmm. carrying that on. So very good. Well, let's dive into our top 10 list here. And uh, it's, it's a nice hefty one. So we'll have a fun episode working through these today. Uh, first question to put on your list and have in the back of your mind, what are the tax implications of withdrawing money from my retirement accounts? I guess it depends on where you're drawing from, right? Well, it depends upon where you're drawing from. What are your other sources of income, if any? You know, it, it, there's a lot of pieces to that puzzle, right, Walter? I mean, it, you know, it. Um, you have, you know, it's possibility if you're married, maybe maybe you're drawing money out of your of, of a retirement account, but maybe your maybe your spouse is still working. You know, maybe you're both retired, maybe you're single. There's a number of different elements there, as well as, you know, you know, what, and what type of an account do you have that, you know, do you have this money saved or do you have, you know, variety of different kind of accounts? Do you have traditional IRAs or 401ks where it's pre-tax dollars going in? Are there Roth accounts or are they uh, just, you know, you know, normal brokerage accounts? You know, do you have, you know, are there, are there any insurance policies that are paying out benefits, you know, pensions, you know, a variety of things. And so they all are going to interact. And so you really want to want to know how, what that interaction is going to mean. And, you know, and are there strategies to, uh, you know, to try to minimize or mute those taxes or possibly even eliminate them either now or, or possibly, you know, go through a you know, strategic number of years to, to get it to where you, you know, you say, okay, well, I, I understand there's, there's going to be taxes, but let's do this for, for a number of years and then put yourself in a significantly better tax position later down the line by, you know, by just strategically, you know, planning and, and withdrawing and, you know, and, and, you know, strategically in different ways than maybe what you thought when you were first putting the money into the accounts. It's mm, a good point there. Yeah. So think about that withdrawal uh, aspect of your plan. And again, we're specifically talking about the tax implications of the items on our list today. And so we'll go on to number two. Will Social Security benefits be taxed? A lot of people don't really know what happens with Social Security and taxes, do they? Right. Well, that, you're exactly right about that, Walter. I mean, then it depends. You know, I, I mean, that's, I know that's a common answer from me about a lot of things, but it does. I mean, there's a there's variables there. You know, Social Security, as as I like to say, is is not inherently taxable, but it becomes subject to taxation based upon how much other income you have. 
And so, you know, one of the things that we like to try to do in, in our planning is, is, is we like to try to protect folks um, from having their Social Security benefits taxed whenever it's possible to do so. I mean, it's not always, you know, possible to do. And sometimes, you know, maybe you have to go through a period of years where maybe it's going to be taxed or taxed some, or maybe it's taxed a lot for a few years. But then, you know, the, the idea is, is that we want to try to have as many of your Social Security benefits, you know, flow through to you, you know, with as little little taxes as possible. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's actually possible to have Social Security come tax free. And, you know, a lot of folks don't, don't realize that, you know, that, that, there, that there can be you know, significant taxes on Social Security benefits. And, and also the, the other piece of that is, is that you know, it's like, hey, you know, well, how does all that work? And, and so, you know, sometimes having money saved in particular types of accounts in certain ways actually can endanger your Social Security benefits of being, of being taxed more. And so, again, it's, it's a strategic thing as to how do, how do, we, how do we navigate, the, you, know, that, you know, that to actually into an income plan. And you know, and try to minimize those taxes on that because it's it is if you have a benefit or you have a you know a, a, of an income source that that is not necessarily have to be taxed you know obviously trying to find the strategies that can be employed um, you know can be you know tremendously advantageous and sometimes it takes a little time to get it in place or you know to, to reposition but you know it, oftentimes it can be done. Well, this is important to talk about all these different layers. So let's get to number three here. And, uh, you know, you think about the questions that surround taxation on Social Security. Something else that's got a lot of question marks about it is uh, when it comes to pension income. And does taxation of that differ from other forms of income? Well, yeah, it can, Walter. I mean, I've I've actually seen some pensions where they where they're not taxed, or maybe they're taxed maybe they're taxed at the federal level and not at the state level. You know, and then certain types of careers or certain you know particular jobs that, that folks had, you know, create a scenario where they're, that that pension's not taxed. I mean, it's it's pretty rare. I mean, for the vast majority of folks, it's you know it's it's taxed you know normally as what we would call ordinary income, just like wages are. But, um, you know, but that, then that comes into play, too, in terms of what we were just talking about, Social Security. You know, I mean, is, is your pension going to cause your Social Security benefits to be taxed? And maybe the answer is yes. And, but then if you have additional other accounts, you know, particularly like traditional IRAs or, or 401ks where, you know, you have pre-tax dollars in there. When you start taking distributions out of that, maybe you're maybe you all of a sudden you're creating even more tax you know tax liability on on your on your social security benefits and and then then it comes into a question of you know are there are there ways to strategically plan about when and how you take money out of out of certain accounts or when you actually activate a pension and be strategic in terms of maybe doing a few things before the pension actually gets activated or possibly even taking the pension as a as a lump sum and rolling it into an IRA you know employing different strategies i mean that 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 can sometimes work as well it's not a one size fits all but there's there's typically a lot of different ways to you know to look at that and you know and to and to plan and ultimately you know like i say everybody's situation's different but um, you know you 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 want to you want to kind of look under all the stones you can to try to figure out you know what's going to be the best way to do it because there's it's like it's like any lots of things in life there's more than one way to skin a cat and sometimes it's you know it's really it's really advantageous to do it this way versus that Uh, very good glenn that's helpful and let's also take some time here to segment out specifically the secure act something that passed uh, the 2.0 version in early 2023. And how does that change people's retirement income from a tax standpoint and uh, perspective? Right. Well, I mean, there's, you know, I mean, there's a shift. I mean, probably the biggest shift for retirees, 
or very soon to be retirees is that you know the shift in the in the required minimum distribution age you know a few years ago you know it was 70 and a half and it was there for a long time as to what you when you'd have to start taking your you know distributions out then it moved to 72 and now it's moved to 73 with with uh, you know with plans that you know that you know over time it will actually go, you know go to age 75 and so, you know, in, in terms of required distributions, that's typically something that goes into most people's thinking as terms of, you know, well, what is their income? What's their income going to be? You know, when are they going to when are they going to take distributions out? And and, and so that 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 goes that, that there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of implications there in terms of in terms of income planning and, you know, and, and you know, tax implications. Also, if you're, you know, if you haven't, if you haven't quite, re, you know, retired yet, you know, in terms of, you know, how much you're going to be able to put away and, you know, some different, different parameters around that and, you know, in different ways that employer can, you know, can treat, you know, matching you know, contributions. There's, there's a lot to that. And I know that with you know, today's, you know, today's episode is not entirely on the SECURE Act, but there are pieces to the puzzle that, that can really be strategized, you know, to, you know, to, to really be advantageous to you and, and just realize that, you know, if you, if you're, if you're not well versed in that or how it's going to affect you, um, then, then that's something that you really need to have a con, you know, conversation with, with either your advisor or, you know, a potential advisor, or maybe even getting a second opinion with somebody who's a little bit more versed in it. All right, Glenn, that's a great uh, one to go over, and I know we can certainly uh, spend all day talking about SECURE Act stuff. So if you want to talk a little bit more in depth about that specific legislation, how it might impact your financial plan, best to come in for a one-on-one conversation or meet over Zoom with Glenn to go over that. Again, you can uh, always schedule a free consultation online at RoadmapFinancial.com. Again, that's RoadmapFinancial.com, and just look for the free consultation button there. Uh, So that's very helpful, Glenn. All right, tip number five on our top 10 tax questions for retirees. Are there any special tax deductions or credits available for retirees? Right. Well, actually, when you when you when you reach uh, age sixty five, you know, the standard deduction actually increases. You know, I don't know a lot of people didn't re- don't really realize that, but it, it, it increases a bit. And then, of course, you know, if, if you know if it's a married couple, you know, if both both are sixty five or older, then it actually is, is, is a bit more of a bump, right? There's other things that, you know, that that we you know that we you know I think we're going to talk about in here in a little bit. One of the one of the things that comes into play though is is that you got to realize that the vast majority of retirees don't really itemize you know too often because most of their deductions you know which was you know it may be interest on their mortgage and putting money into their retirement accounts or certain things with their you know with kids i mean most of those things are you know they they've are in the past right and you know and and so so it ends up that the the vast majority of retirees are taking that standard deduction and when that might change is if there's if there's medical situations right and so in that scenario you might see a little bit more of the implementation of, of taking, you know, those, uh, the, you know, those, those healthcare deductions and, and that type of thing. But, for, you know, for the most part, you know, I mean, the, the deductions are, are, are what they are for most people. Certainly, you want to sit down, you want to sit down with your, you know, with your tax preparer and, and kind of review and make sure that you're taking full, you know, full advantage of, of what, is, what, what you have access to. But, you know, it's unfortunately, Walter, most people's uh, tax deductions, you know, were, were, were earlier on in life. And as they go into retirement, there's there's fewer and fewer deductions to be taken. However, that said, I mean, it's it's not a one size fits all. So you want to make sure that you're not just taking it for granted. Oh, and, and well, I just think it's this and just and just go along. Maybe maybe there's maybe there's something unique about your particular situation that, that you're going to have access to a few more uh, either credits or, or deductions. 
Mm, good points across the board on that one, Glenn. And I, I appreciate that uh, that kind of uh, positive outlook there for a few retirees to be thinking about some extra opportunities at that age. Uh, how will my taxes change? This is question number six in our top 10 tax questions for retirees. How will my taxes change if I decide to move to another state in retirement? Something people have been doing for a long time, Glenn, but even more so, I think, probably over the last couple of years uh, with you know uh, COVID and changes and people uprooting and, and moving to new states and maybe even transitioning before their careers end with remote work. I imagine just the, the bouncing around of different states is something you've seen uh, on the increase lately. Yeah, no, we see it. You know, I mean, it happens. You know, it's 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 not uncommon at all. And I mean, there are implications in in you know a number of cases. Certainly, I mean, there there are some states that don't have um, that don't have state income tax. You know, the, you know, most of most states do, but they're not necessarily implemented exactly the same way. They're not necessarily the same percentages. You know, and and whatnot. You know, we also have situations where some states, you know, don't don't tax. You know, don't tax some. Um, there, you know, retirement benefits, particularly monies coming out of IRAs, you know, and which is kind of a you know, surprise. But there are some states that don't, and you know, and and so that that's kind of an interesting, you know, wrinkle on things. You know, there there are certain situations where, you know, the you know if you're if you're getting a pension and you were you were employed but you know, during certain dates, you know, you might be exempt from you know from taxation, or you know if your employer was you know maybe in military or you know, the government. I mean, there's there there are lots of different scenarios there. Depending upon you know where 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 you reside as to where there might be some shifts with you know with with what your past has been in, in terms of st- you know state taxation. There's also some states, believe it or not, that 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 actually tax social security benefits. Most states don't, but some states do, and and actually that's been something that's been a little bit on the rise because you know um, states have had have had some you know some states anyway have have had some you know challenges in terms of budgeting, and and so some of them have actually shifted to say okay. Well, we're going to start taxing Social Security, or maybe start taxing Social Security if income is over a certain level, and those kinds of things. So that's something that you want to be aware of. And if you're thinking about moving, then you want to kind of explore a little bit and see. I mean, if you have if you have some choices about where you're going to move, sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. But if you do, then that's something you want to explore a little bit and try to find out. It's like, oh, well, you know, what would be you know what would be my situation if I moved to this state? You know, and 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 those kinds of questions are you know are pretty important to ask. Yeah, it's uh, you talk about tax implications. That can be huge state to state, depending on where you move. Uh, my parents are retiring from North Carolina up to Maine, Glenn, and uh, so it, taxes won't be that dramatically different, I don't think, in in Maine for them. But if they had moved to New Jersey or Pennsylvania or something like that, where a lot of our other family members live, oh my goodness, it might, might even be prohibitive with the the amount of tax increase that happens uh, moving to a state like that. So. It's it's an interesting one to consider for sure for a lot of people. Uh, Up next on our list of top 10 tax questions for retirees, are there any tax benefits for making charitable contributions in retirement? Yeah, so Walter, this is something we we work a lot with, you know, with you know, tax clients and you know, and and you know, you know, financial clients, you know, that in terms of like you know, taking and donating directly out of your IRA. Right. That, that's that's something that's called a you know qualified charitable distribution, and you know you you know you have to be you know have to be at least seventy and a half to be able to do that. But there are there are ways of being able to make make some pretty interesting uh, you know donations that you know that that have really advantageous you know tax implications. You know, in that particular one, 
you know, you, you, you literally, if you had taken the money out as a regular distribution and, and then, it, then it get then it's going to be subject to taxation on your, on your tax return. And then you, you know, potentially have to pay the taxes there. And then you donate after tax money versus, you know, get, making a, a, you know, a distribution or a gift directly out of your IRA to, you know, to the charitable organization or your church or whatever the case may be as a, as a nonprofit, you know, then in essence, I mean, they're not going to, that, that, that entity is, you know, or that charity is not going to be taxed. But, you know, with, if you dot your I's and cross your T's and you do it, you know, do everything right, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be uh, subject to taxation either in, in giving that money directly out of, out of the, out of your IRA. Now there are there are a few you know I's to dot and T's to cross and you know making sure that you're you know you're fully um, compliant with the tax code but but there are strategies there to be able to do that and there are certain ways to you know to try to document that to make sure that you know that, that you have that you have all all your ducks in a row so to speak but yeah there are, there are some really interesting things at at, partic- at certain ages if you have certain types of accounts and you and you are charitably minded. All right, very good. Let's move on to the next question here. Glenn, top 10 tax questions for retirees. What are the tax considerations for gifting money to children or grandchildren during retirement? This is something a lot of people want to do during their retirement years. Yeah, and and there's ways of doing that, Walter, you know, and, you know, from year to year, you know, the the limits, you know, the limits will, you know, shift and change, you know, as to how much you can give to any one, any one person, you know, if it's a married couple, you know, you can kind of double up on that, you know, and, you know, and, you know, and give, you know, in a variety of different ways. And, you know, and then there becomes these strategies about that too, right? In terms of, particularly when you're thinking of grandchildren, you know, are they going to go to college, right? You know, and then they got to fill out those FAFSA forms and what are countable assets and what, you know, what's going to be, you know, the financial need and that kind of thing you know maybe maybe gifting can it can be strat you know can be strategized about maybe possibly doing that you know making gifts lo- you know later in a, in a few years and and there's there's a lot of different there's a lot of different things as to how to do that and there's tax considerations but there's also other implications college really comes to mind because that's a whole different uh, landscape that 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 you know that has to be navigated by a lot of people and you know and unfortunately you know there's not not that many folks out there that have a roadmap for that and there, and it can be really advantageous to to employ certain strategies versus other strategies to you know to you know to make sure that you know that you're being as efficient as you can be with the, with the dollars you know to that you that you're wanting to gift and making sure that they go to the benefit of the folks that you really want them to go to very good uh, we have two others to hit here Glenn let's uh, knock these out as well uh, number nine are there any tax issues with starting a small or side business in retirement there can be Walter there can be, and, the, the, and you know, and that's and that's true, you know, in retirement, and it's also true if you're not in retirement. I mean, there 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 can be there can be some some you know sort of advantages to being able to you know to do that. You know, there there are certain deductions that you might be able to take. You know, you might be able to deduct you know you know healthcare expenses or, or insurance premiums or even Medicare premiums that, for that matter. You know, in, in certain situations, you know, and then again, you want to consult your you know your tax advisor. You know, in in regards to that, but yeah. Yeah, there, there, there are there are a number of things that, that potentially can be done. You want to make sure that you know that one of the one of the key things is is though is, is like you you know it's got to be a real business, right? I mean, you can't just like you know have a business in name and and have it be like a hobby, <laughs> and, and just just so you can get certain deductions. I mean, there has to be a real effort that you're that you're trying to do business and make money and, and those kinds of things. And again, that's that's something that you'd want to have a conversation with with your uh, you know with your tax advisor about and you know and, and 
and make sure that you know if if you if you want to if you want to try to do that you know how do, how do you go about doing it you know should you set up a you know an entity you know or you know an LLC or, or you know or a corporation of some sort or you know, should you you know operate it as a sole proprietor or what are the advantages or disadvantages of doing this versus that? You know, are there extra filing fees to do this way? Do you have to create additional, you know, tax, you know, uh, tax returns? There's there's a lot of considerations there, but but it's certainly it, it can it can come into play where you know where, where there can be certain advantages to you know to, to doing that. All right, our tenth and final one here, Glenn. Top ten tax questions for retirees. Uh, good news. It's it's an advisor's choice. So th- this one's up to you. What do you think would you uh, slot in as number ten? I'm sure there's lots of others that we could add to this list. But what's one more you want to throw in today? So Walter, you know what I, what I would say is is that you know I mean as we kind of look at the at um, you know looking into the into the future about you know the, the you know, taxes and tax code and whatnot. You know, right now, you know, there, there's there's very few people that are subject to the estate tax, right? And you know, and then because the 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 thresholds are are quite high, but they haven't always been that high. You know, over time, they you know they've been all over the map. I mean, you know, they they've been you know as 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 low as you know as under a million dollars. You know, so, you know, say twenty five thirty years ago, and now they're you know now that's you know literally you know tens of millions of dollars. You know, for for a married couple, they can pass it on with without any without any implications of of estate taxes and some folks might think in terms of well you know maybe that's the, that's something that I don't really have to be concerned about because my you know our estate's not going to be that big however one of the things that that, that kind of comes into play is is that, that those thresholds have have moved up dramatically high and then and they also potentially have been significantly lower and who knows exactly what's going to come you know come in the in, in future years as we as we as we're looking at the debts and the deficits of the country and and where where the, where the country is going to get money from and there's there's there's, there seems to be a real a real drive to to try to make sure that you hear it and you know and it's a politically charged term but but you know whether whatever side of the the aisle you're on you know everybody's kind of familiar with the idea of, or, or, the, or the term of you know paying their fair share right and so of course what what does that mean it depends on who you're talking to as to what that might mean however what 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 potentially that could mean you know and you want to you know, pay attention is to where those thresholds go i mean they could be you know dropped dramatically or or or, or subtly over time and if you're retiring today you know your your estate might not be settled for you know 25 30 years from now if you have a long life maybe even longer so it's something that you really want to be aware of and you know just speak you know cognizant of the fact that it's like well I mean are, and and ask yourself the question well are there some things that we might be able to do in terms of estate legal planning that uh, you know that might you know help um immunize us so to speak you know we regardless as to what happens and you know so that's something that you maybe talk to you know an estate planning attorney about and because there are there are certain ways to position assets you know through through different types of you know legal entities and trusts and and, and that type of thing if if you if you feel like you know you know what we're, we're we might be in that place where we're not going to be impacted now but maybe it will be in the future and is it something that's kind of harder to to keep up with as you get older i mean if you think about it and you get 75, 80, 85, 90, and you know, and laws change, and your kids might not know everything about what's what's going on with you with your finances and the estate. You know, you might have things fall through the cracks if laws change, and you're not and you're not aware of them. And and that's the kind of time when when it would be hard to stay aware of them when you're when you're getting you know later in life, and you know sometimes you know health issues come into play and and those kinds of things. So that's something to be aware of because you don't really. I've never talked to anybody that wanted to make uncle. 
Uncle Sam one of their one of their largest beneficiaries, but it can potentially happen if you're not if you're not you know paying attention. Mm, very uh, very important to consider that as well, Glenn. And that caps off our list nicely of these top ten tax questions for retirees. And so again, if you've got uh, some additional thoughts or questions about this for Glenn and the team, you can get in touch easily at three three six two nine one. 3535. Glenn's a registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting. And again, call 336-291-3535 to get in touch. Or you can visit online at roadmapfinancial.com. That's roadmapfinancial.com. And click the free consultation button at the bottom of the page to schedule a time to meet. Well, Glenn, thank you for the help on the show today. And I know another episode will be on the docket next time around, and we'll have a good topic for it. And uh, we'll talk to you then. Very good, Walter. Take care now. All right, you do as well. That's Glenn and Walter, and we'll see you next time on the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. 